Hi everyone, it's Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. Today's guest is Lara Vivolo. Lara is a teacher, coach, and former USA Eagle. Our discussion ranges from her introduction to rugby, her rise to the national level, and perseverance it took to fulfill her dream. Hope you enjoyed this interview, I know I did. Stay tuned after the interview for some final thoughts. Hey, Lara, uh, good to see you. Uh, thanks for taking some time to uh, come on the podcast. This is an interview I've been looking forward to for a while. I just want to say before we get started, I've known you for a long time, and you're one of those positive people that I, you know, I'm proud to, to say that I know. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're, you're an inspiration to a lot of people. And um, you're just one of those people that just keep keeps moving the needle and, and, and doing what you do. So I appreciate you for that. And I, I know a lot of people are gonna get a lot out of this interview. So thanks for coming on and thanks for taking the time. Awesome, good morning, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's good to see you as well. I've known you for what, 23 years, if not more. So it's been a long time. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to catch up. It's good yeah, to yeah, yeah. It's funny how it's, you know, the cycle of life just continues, you know, and we're all sort of like uh, in different roles now, but uh, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's nice to just think back to uh, our younger days and then, you know, how we've all progressed since then. And it's just great to see, you know. We, um, we keep getting younger. They're all getting older. Yeah, so. yeah, right. It works. It works. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So maybe if you could just tell, talk to the listeners a little bit about your, you know, your athletic background and your introduction to rugby and uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, yeah, I'll summarize it. Um, so basically, always been into sports, loved sports my whole life. My parents were, were very good at, you know, um, giving us new opportunities, me and my brother. Um, in, in high school, I did um, three sports in the fall. I, well, I was a swimmer and a diver. In the winter, I did basketball and the soccer. It was spring. So back then in the 90s, soccer was in the spring and not the fall. But um, I, I actually wanted to go to college for basketball. So I had a really good, like, junior and senior year. Um, and I wanted to go to SUNY Cortland because I wanted to be a PE teacher. And then I got there and I started playing, uh, training with the basketball team and just wasn't really feeling it. Um, I wasn't really gelling with the players. I didn't really like the coach. And um, so I became a walk-on for the swim team, uh, which is probably one of the best things I did because I had a great four years. And then my brother, who's um, three and a half years older than me, was playing rugby at SUNY Oneonta. And um, swimming was mostly in the fall and winter. So he was like, look, you're big, you're strong, you like to run. He's like, why don't you go play rugby? And I had no idea what it was. Um, I, I mean, I'd seen it because my mother's from Dublin, Ireland, so my uncle played. So I, I'd seen like pictures and stuff when he was younger, but um, you know, we didn't really watch it that much. And then I started playing in the spring of '96, and that was the beginning of you know of just a great 17-year chapter, right, of my life. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's an understatement to say. You know, <laughs> that's 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 amazing. Uh, so you could you sort of so you were a three sport athlete you were athletic all your life and you sort of found it on accident or um right. so speak, and uh sort of like love at first sight i'm gonna guess right i'm like yeah it was it was incredible i just i remember just like the first time that i tackled somebody and i was like wait like i can do this like this is a sport. <laughs> right. this yeah. is legal it just yeah it was awesome and and yeah. i felt that the the sport kind of encompassed a little bit of soccer a little bit of basketball you know it was just i had so much fun when I was first learning it, and it was just amazing. Yeah, and you continued on, obviously, to bigger and better things. Um, yeah, so 
what I wanted to also just uh, talk a little bit about was sort of like your early influences as far as like you mentioned your brother playing, uh, he played in college and uh, obviously you um, played in college and then you went on and multiple select sides and then obviously playing for on a national level. You want to talk a little bit about that progression and, and sort of even before that, if you want to, what got you to the point where, you know, you were confident enough and you um, obviously you had the skills, um, but what was, what were the, what were some of the obstacles in, into uh, progressing to those higher levels? All right. So, yeah, so college was great. I was a wing fullback and you don't really, I think at that time I was probably 180 pounds or so. So you don't really see that many big people like that. Um, but it worked right at, at the time, you know, with, with that program. And then I remember I was 19 and I got invited to my first U20 um, USA rugby camp. And it was down at Annapolis um, in Maryland. And I drove down with the Cornell coach. His name was Bruce Church. And I was um, friendly with him from college select side teams. And I went down and it was like, I was like a fish out of water in the sense of, you know, I, I'd only been playing for a year at that point. Um, so I was just very raw, you know, like right. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know all the rules. Like I didn't know every single thing. Um, but all, I definitely, as we all were, right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't learn what Mark meant, Rob, until I was like 22, probably. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was a fullback. <laughs> so, right, right, right. Uh, I just, I, you know, I wanted to run with the ball. I was never going to call Mark and stop the play. But right. um, yeah, so I went to that camp and um, the Penn State coach for many years was running that camp, right? So he's like, look, he's like, you're athletic. He's like, I see a lot of potential. And basically, you know, for me back then, it was fitness, it was ball skills, it was passing. So he kind of, you know, took me under his wing in the sense of gave me some things to work on. It was like, I see you doing stuff in the future, you know? So that was when I was 19. And then I graduated from Cortland um, in the spring, sorry, in the, in the fall of 99 after student teaching. And actually that fall that I went home to student teach, um, I started playing with the New York Rugby Club. So I, I had met that coach back then who was Drew Faultley at, um, at a sevens tournament in Philly in the summer. And he was like, you live in New York, you're coming to play for New York. So I got really lucky in the sense of, you know, where I lived, I was able to play for a club team that at that time was top, probably top eight in the country. Right. And so when I joined that team, like there were a lot of players, uh, you know, who had more experience than me, who were better than me. So that, that was eye opening because I mean, at college, like we had good players, but I was one of the better ones, right? Like on, on the team and who we played against. So when I joined New York in the fall of 99, it was like, all right, like game on, you know, like there, there were girls who were fitter, who, who, who've been playing a lot longer than I had. Um, who were playing for the U20s at that time. So, you know, it was really like, I wasn't a big fish in a small pond anymore. You know what I mean? Right, right. You were forced to surround, you were, you were forced, uh, you were surrounded by people like, you know, you were forced to level up basically. Right. And, and the learning curve was so high because I, I wanted to play A-side and we probably had 40, 50 girls coming out to training at that time. Right. So, and then also I wasn't good enough to be a winger or fullback. So I had to change positions, which was an interesting progression in and of itself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's awesome. So, that, so it was a combination of, of networking. It was a combination of obviously your talent. It was a combination of you taking uh, risks and, you know, and, and being yeah. in the right place at the right time. And, exactly. And uh, knowing, knowing some influence. Who was the, uh, if you don't mind me asking, who was the coach at Penn State? Uh, his name was Pete Steinberg. Okay. So he, he, was at, he was at Penn State for, I'd say, seven or eight years. And then 
he was the um, USA rugby coach for the women after my 2010 World Cup. Yeah. So he was, he was the, um, the head coach for the Eagles for the 2014 World Cup and the 2017 World Cup. Yeah, I, re I remember him uh, when I got my, I actually got my certification at Penn State and I remember oh, he, nice. he was part of the, uh, the group. Uh, he was, he, he actually gave a talk with us uh, and Penn State, um, for anyone who's listening, is, is just has a phenomenal rugby program, um, you know, historically. Um, so you are playing for New York. Um, you are surrounded by um, players who have been playing longer than you. Right, mm -hmm. you're 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 like a sponge at this point. You're trying to you know hone your skills, right? Um, yeah, for sure. So what what was that? What was what were some of the what was that? Where did you get to the point where you were like, you know what, I'm I'm I, I belong or I can get to the next level? Like, do you remember what? like a, a specific like aha moment where you're like, I could play with these girls and I can play at a national level? Yeah, I, I do. But what a lot of people don't know is that it was a nine year process for me. Right. So a lot, a lot of people think that I just started playing and I became an Eagle right away. I was, I was what, 20, it was um, 2008 when I got my first cap. So I was 31. Right. Wow. And, That's which, amazing. Is, which is, which is old. You know? <laughs> like, um, so basically I, I started playing for New York in the fall of 99 and then the world cup was in 2002 in Spain. And we had, I want to say two or three girls who made that team. Right. Um, and, and I've actually gone to every single World Cup since 2002, right. which is pretty cool. So it's, um, so basically, you know, we had one or two girls who made it, who were training, and they were pretty good back then. And um, I w just before the 2002 um, World Cup that was in Spain, I got invited to my first USA camp, but it was a sevens camp. Right. So I guess that I was playing sevens in the summer and, you know, being a big person who was pretty fast, you know, for my first five to 10 meters, um, somebody saw me and somebody invited me. It was actually Al Caravelli, uh, who used to be, um, the USA sevens coach for the men and women. And it was out in Phoenix and I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. So I went to it and obviously, you know, sevens fitness is everything. And, and, you know, I just arrived and we did the beep test and I was like, what am I doing here? Because it was just, it was so much running, right. like way more running than I was ever used to doing. Um, yeah. so I knew that I wasn't going to be a USA sevens player, an international sevens player. But it kind of, it definitely pushed me uh, to really focus on my fitness um, because it, it had to be above and beyond in, in order to play at that next level. Right. So basically, um, I went to my first camp. I went to the World Cup, uh, you know, I would, and I was like, I can do this, you know. Um, but again, for me, it was like I, I changed positions, you know, three or four times. So it was kind of like uh, after the 2002 World Cup, I became a second row. And I actually love second row. I, it was one of my favorite positions. But internationally, I wasn't tall enough because I wasn't a jumper. I was a lifter, right? right? So I went to a couple camps as, as lock. And, you know, the coaches were like, we like you. We like what we see. But you're not going to be an international lock. So it, it was hard because I was performing well in New York. Um, at that time, uh, we won our first national championship in 2006. So th that was probably one of the highlights of my life playing the sport. Um, so it wasn't until 2000, I'd say 2007 that I, I moved to the front row and became a tight head prop. Okay. So that, that learning curve in 12 months, I had to learn how to prop and then I had to learn how to prop internationally. So that, that was pretty, that was challenging. Well, that speaks, that speaks a lot to your character and a, a lot to your resiliency. So it wasn't a linear path, so to speak. There were a lot of 
I don't want to use the word setbacks, but there was a lot of uh, adapt yeah. adaptations that you had to make and, and you stayed the course. And obviously you were able to still fulfill your dream, which I think is yeah. a, a great message. And it's kind of like everything happened. But no, totally, Rob. And like everything happened for a reason. And I feel like if I hadn't had that experience that I had the nine years before, um, I would not have been able to transition into the front row and have that confidence and that game knowledge to be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm still in the tight five but I'm in the front row now. So right. it's like everything helped me to get to that point. Right. Um, and it was pretty intimidating. I mean, I remember my first game was against England and I was like, what am I doing here? You know, like, <laughs> like these girls have been playing, these girls have, you know, 40 caps at the front row. Yeah. Um, but you just do it. You know, yeah. you, you think about all the games that you've played in and all the experience that you have. And obviously the uh, set pieces um, for, for, for tight head are, are super important, but everything else is the same. Right. So it's like, I know how to tackle. I know how to ruck. I know how to do lineouts. So, is, was there yeah. is there one memory that sticks out to you where you were like, "I belong here"? Is there like one defining moment that you have? Um, I would say after um, that first game, uh, it was called the Nations Cup. It was in England, and you know, I played all eighty minutes. It was my first international game. I was I was exhausted. You know, yeah. like I felt like I got hit by a truck. But I was like, "All right, that was awesome. Like this is what I want to do. Like I want to play in the twenty ten World Cup." Wow. So I had, I had two years, you know, to learn the position, to get fit, to stay in the Eagle pool and to make that squad. So yeah, it was after my first cap where I was like, I want to do this again. So very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's just a great, great inspirational story. And uh, like I said, I think a lot of people are going to get a lot, a lot out of, out of this conversation. Um, I want to go back and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Um, what's uh some just some segues into what you were talking about um anybody who has inspired you uh or influenced you the most in your life and what's the best advice you've received um whether per personally or professionally uh, in your journey good questions uh, i mean i would say my first coach at Cortland, who was doug Dirdaler, um you know he introduced me to the sport and was just he was like my biggest fan he was like you're going to be great at this sport he goes, I'm so excited that I found you, that you found rugby. So he was the one that really pushed me um, and, and to, you know, go to the camps and to do all this stuff. And, and I'm still good friends with him. And, you know, he followed me all, all along my journey. So he was a, he was a really big influence. Um, I'd say my, my mom, uh, she's always been my biggest fan yeah, and she yeah, supported yeah. me. And, you know, she's traveled all over the world watching me play. So she was really, uh, yeah. And, you know, on those days when I was in tears and didn't want to get up at six and train before school. And she's like, look, you've committed to this. This is your goal. She's like, you got to go for it 110%. Um, I'd also say my, my brother as well. Um, even though he never saw me play in an Eagles jersey, uh, he gave me my first set of cleats and my first pair of rugby shorts. So he was always there. Um, and then I just had some really influential uh, teammates, you know, like girls who, who paved um, the road, you know, especially being on New York at that time in the um, 2006 World Cup, we had we had seven we had seven eagles from New York. Wow! So yeah, so that it was just a great tra training environment to be with them, you know. And um, I made it to the last round of cuts uh, for the 206 World Cup, so I got cut um, in that last phase. But I was training with them, and, and they were just motivated. They motivated me to keep going for the 2010 World Cup. Right. Um, and I, you know, and, and about four of them had retired after that. So I was kind of, there were still three of us who went, but I was, I felt like I was more on my own, but I still had them calling me, whispering in my ear. They're like, look, 
like this is your turn 2010 is your year we've had our year like you have to keep going yeah very cool awesome um, and what what was the second question you had you had another question i didn't answer uh your best advice that you've received whether personally professionally it's sort of um, I would, there was a quote from my coach at, uh, at that time. Her name was Kathy Flores and um, she was a pretty intense woman. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she used to, she had a quote that she would send to us and talk to us. And it was like, you know, no one said it's going to be easy, but they said it's going to be worth it. And right. that kind of, that resonated with me, um, right. especially, you know, and, and I, I only played for the U.S. for two and a half years because I, I was kind of at the end of my career. I mean, obviously two and a half years is a pretty long time, but, um, you know, I remember when the going got tough, you know, I, I would remember that quote because I was one of the few players who was still working. Like I still had my teaching job. I was still coaching. Um, so I was fortunate in that sense, but also, you know, I couldn't put, I, I couldn't put everything into training cause I still had my career. Right. Um, so it's almost like when I was training, you know, I really had to, I had to focus that much more because I didn't have the whole day, you know, to work on strength and you know, strengthening and stretching and that stuff. So right. it, it was more, it was more intense when I was training because I had less time because I was still working, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So you had to be, extremely, yeah. you had to be extremely disciplined, you know, just to even be on that level. Yeah. Like even more so, cause maybe, you know, on a Wednesday I had a swim meet that I was coaching, so I couldn't do a double that day. Right. So like I had to get to the gym in the morning and it like, it had to be that much more intense and that much more focused when, when I was training, I guess you yeah. could say. That's just a, yeah. that's a great, great message. Uh, really, really, really inspiring. Um, Lara, what are your, what are your plans? What are you doing with yourself? I know uh, that you're, you're coaching. What have you been doing? What are your future plans? Does it involve rugby? Has it involved rugby? Just tell the listeners what you've been up to. What I've been up to. All right. So I retired <laughs> in 2010. Um, I was still teaching. I was still coaching swimming at that time. Um, and then I started coaching rugby. I want to say uh, 2014. So maybe for a year or two, I kind of needed a break because um, it had been so intense for two years. But um, I started a high school program uh, down in Westchester, um, Rye High School. I started that program, I think it's 2014. Um, and that was great. And then I um, was working with a program at Manhattanville College. Um, they, so I found a couple programs that were just getting off the ground and I kind of uh, got the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, so I did that with two programs. And then... Um, the Army West Point position opened up um, when Army went NCAA uh, and they became varsity. Um, the program, you know, received money for, for more coaches than just the head coach. So there was a gentleman, his name is Bill LeClerc. Um, he's a Kiwi and he, he played for the USA men. He coached the USA men. He coached the USA women. So he's been around the block. He's done a lot of things. And uh, he's the head coach there currently. And again, I was kind of in the right place at the right time and knew the right people, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and actually, it was the, um, the former um, New York Athletic Club coach. Uh, his name is Bruce McLean. Right. And I actually became, he was also another coach who was a huge influence on me. But um, he taught me how to prop for the World Cup, which was helpful, right? <laughs> and uh, he, he's the current coach for Iona, but back then he was with the New York Athletic Club. And he reached out and said, look, I know that you want to coach. I know that you're looking, you know, for a job. And he connected me with Bill up at West Point. Right. So I, I just finished up my fourth year in the fall. Unfortunately, this spring, we didn't get our season in because of what's going on with the pandemic. Um, but yeah, but next fall, hopefully we'll get going. That will be my, my fifth year up there. So I'm the um, 
women's assistant coach to the 15s and 7s program. That's awesome. So you're just like you're just continuing to give back to the sport and you bring yeah. a lot of knowledge and a lot of insight and just a great attitude and just a, like a very, I keep using the word inspiring because there's no other really word I can use for you. And I, I just, <laughs> Thanks, yeah, I just um, every time I talk to you, you know, every time I see like a post that you do or anything like that, it's always positive and uh, you're bringing a lot of, uh, you're just a very positive person. And uh, I don't want to keep you too long because I know, you know, you have to, you have to work, <laughs> but I do appreciate you uh, coming on and, and spending some time with me and, and catching up and then just letting me know what's going on and letting the listeners know what's going on. And um, again, uh, I wish you nothing but the best of luck and uh, keep on being you and just, you know, keep on keeping on and, uh, and just thank, thanks for being you, I guess. It's, it's thanks Rob. Yeah. It's, and, uh, it's really, it's, it's nice every now and then to kind of talk about the past and, and, and where I've, you know, and where we've come from because of uh, it's been 10 years. So it's been a while, you know, um, yeah. But yeah, but it's, uh, you know. But you're doing what you I'm, love and you're inspiring people yeah. and you're, uh, you're giving back to the rugby community and uh, you're doing great things. So thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. All right, Larry. Well, it was good talking to you and uh, uh, we'll talk soon and uh, you take care of yourself and uh, just keep doing great things. <laughs> um, keep moving forward, right? Keep learning and growing and just doing what, what we love, right? Absolutely. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Some key takeaways from that incredible interview with Lara. I've known Lara for a really long time, and I have a lot of respect for her and what she's done, um, and that's why I began the episode with the Hakka. For most of you know the multiple meanings behind the Hakka. One of them is being respect. So a couple of things that came uh, sort of stood out during that interview. I just kind of want to review it. Um, she said one of her coaches said to her, no one said it would be easy, but it would be worth it. And that just ties back to the, the title of the episode, Perseverance. You know, at times when we think we're struggling the most are really the times that build, build ourselves up and give us that resiliency to go on. Um, she talked about how uh, 2006, how she didn't make the squad, but then she persevered and was able to be on the World Cup team in 2010. She also noted that at that time she was, uh, you know, an older player and she very could have easily just given up her dream, but she didn't. So that says a lot about her character and a lot about her resiliency and a lot about her passion for the sport. I had a great time interviewing Lara. Um, I want to thank her again for her time and, again, let her know that she is truly an inspiration to, to athletes all, all around. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, hope to hear from you all soon and uh, keep on listening and keep on keeping on. Thanks, guys. Bye.